It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. on the bench for an extra attacker with two minutes and four seconds left in the third period. Sam Reinhart has scored for the Florida Panthers to tie it 2-2 against the Washington Capitals. So overtime looming there. First career playoff goal for Reinhart. Speaking of officiating, I didn't see this live. I'm just seeing some of the video posted here on social media. Uh, looked like a high hit Oshi on Bennett in that game that uh, wasn't called looked like a pretty obvious headshot so that'll have people debating that I'm sure the other game tonight is over it is a route it is the Penguins over the Rangers 7-2 Pittsburgh goes up 3-1 in that best of seven Avalanche and Predators Flames in Dallas just getting underway the Edmonton Oil Kings and Red Deer Rebels are tied 1-1 with 421 left in the first period that is the Rebels first goal of the series, the Oil Kings won by shutout in game one and then again in game two. Oilers Kings tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 6. The game will start at 8. As you know, that series is tied uh, 2-2. I'll see you in Studio 99 for the face-off show and overtime open line. Well, every series uh, yesterday, so the games that are being played on the even-numbered days are now tied 2-2, including the Maple Leafs and the Lightning, which is a compelling matchup for a variety of reasons. To discuss that from Leafs Lunch, Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto, friend of the program, Gord Stellick is checking in. Gord, thanks for coming on, man. How are you doing? Well, I'm good. Uh, yeah, just uh, you mentioned the excitement of just uh, looking like a series going to go to overtime uh, imminently, so it seems. And I guess both Toronto and Edmonton fans were hoping it wasn't a 2-2 series. We're expecting it to be 3-1 at this point. Okay, so last night I'm at Roger's place getting ready for my face-off show. So I, I, I put the TV on and I, I, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm making notes, so I'm more listening to the game and watching than watching. And the first eight minutes, all I'm hearing is lightning score, lightning score. Like, what happened early in that game? Could have been a, um, a worse script as far as especially after the you know type of win the Leafs had on, on, on Friday, just hanging in there and you know, beating the Lightning. And I felt, uh, from a Leaf point of view, quite good about last night's game. I mean, give the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, all kinds of credit. They just, you know, came out guns ablaze, and they are the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. I know the question was put to uh, Sheldon Keefe about starting uh, starting his number three defense pair, which includes Justin Hall, who probably is the one guy that struggled um, a lot throughout the season and, you know, was a healthy scratch for a couple of playoff games. And he was a guy, you know, committed the faux pas, that led to the first Tampa Bay goal. Tampa Bay scores on the first goal. And then it was, it was one of those games Reed. just, you know, a bunch of a lack of disappointing lack of pushback from the Maple Leafs, uh, uh, a lot of brain cramps. Uh, I mean, and what, what you'd seen for the bulk of the three games from them, which was, which is extremely positive. 
you, you really didn't see it all. I know later on they made it a little bit more respectable with some goals, but yeah, one of those from one of those from the word go that just just uh, uh, inexplicably and one that uh, would you look back at probably that first five minutes if Tampa Bay's to win this series as very likely the turning point in the series. Well, similar to what happened to the Oilers, and I was discussing earlier is, you know, first of all, I give the Kings credit. I think we got to give the Lightning credit. Um, but there's a killer instinct that is required in playoffs. And, and Gord, I want to get your perspective on this because, you know, you've been a broadcaster, you've managed teams, you've talked to players and coaches all their adult life, so you'll have an understanding of this. Is is learning to deal with success almost as important as learning to deal uh, as learning to deal with failure? You know, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, and I mean, for people that are older, the New York Islanders were an example of that before they won four Stanley Cups. I don't know how many bitter, bitter, bitter playoff disappointments. I'd say about three they had uh, before they went on that tear. But at, at Reed, at some point, uh, it becomes a cop out, and probably the. Uh, um, well, Oilers have not have been in as many playoffs as the Leafs. But probably both to, like both teams are so similar about that, about their 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 lack of success overall in playoff hockey. So the last nine opportunities the Maple Leafs have had a one goal lead in the series. Eight of the nine times they've not seized that moment to go up by two and take control of the series. And the only one of those nine times that they did was when they screwed it up and blew it last year. They got a three one lead against Montreal and then they lost the series in seven. So. You know, at, at some point in the Leafs' case, whether it's Matthews, Marner, I mean, all all the guys, all, all the, the core of the team that's been together for so long, um, it's uh, it's right now it, the the learning curve has you repeating the year, okay? Before it's about your learning and you move on to the next next phase. Uh, the, I don't know what it's like in Edmonton, but uh, no, we're not. Even even though you know, I, I know people like uh, I know quickly it said that oh my goodness. Uh, what a terrible draw to get in the first round, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Well, your draw the previous two years was Columbus two years ago in Montreal last year that you really should have been the favorite. And, they, hey, this year, um, hey, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, they lost a lot of players. It's difficult to win three cups in a row, what it takes. They've got to be tired to a degree. Uh, one positive out of this series is Vasilevsky's looked uh, not sensational, which is great because he's a goaltender that can steal a series, which is good news for the Leafs. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think, I think, I think it's true about being part of the learning curve, but the that part of it's over for Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Yeah, well, and I'm wondering if it's you know over too here. I mean, there's a point where you just got to execute, right? I mean, you can't you can't keep making a bogey when you need a par and say, well, it was a really hard hole, you know, like that. That's yeah, good analogy. You got to make those pars. Yeah. So I'll, I'll ask you to expand on something you said about the goaltending, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, kind of frame it this way for you. When we did all our picks, all us guys here that cover the orders on Ched, we did our picks on Stoffer's show, and I picked the Lightning in seven, and I said, I, I think the Leafs are, are really good. I'm not going to you know, buy into this that they're going to crumble or anything like that. But I think that the best defenseman in the series and the best goaltending goaltender in the series both play for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But how would you sum up the goaltending matchup so far? Well, Jack Campbell's been equal to the task. Like he made a save on Friday that it, Freddie Anderson never made. Uh, that you know, because Freddie Anderson had been a great regular season goaltender and just been an ordinary playoff goaltender for the Leafs. So when they were at least were up three nothing against Tampa Bay. Then it was 3-2, and Tampa Bay was coming, all guns blazing, and he made a big save, and, that, and a very timely big save. So 
you know, Jack Campbell has been, has given you good enough goaltending to win it. Uh, again, the whole sensational goaltending about some someone that flat out steals the series based on goaltending. Uh, you, so far, you're not getting that in either case. That was a fear, to your point about Vasilevsky, that he is one of those guys that could do it. Uh, I know the Leafs had one game against Tampa Bay during the regular season. They scored six against him. So, so that was good just to kind of, you know, be able to do that because he's killed them. You know, they're in the same division. And uh, I know divisions got moved around with COVID. But, you know, just uh, he's a guy that's done that to many teams, including the Leafs. So that, that hasn't been a factor. It has, poor goaltending hasn't been a problem. But no goaltender's been out there, you know, stealing games. Probably if there was a game that the goaltender was the biggest difference was Jack Campbell in game three. Okay. Yeah, interesting series to watch. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I focus a lot on the Canadian teams. Flames and Stars are coming up later on tonight, and we got the Oilers here. I, I know it's late there. I mean, some of these start times are crazy. Have you had time to watch a lot of, uh, of either the Oilers or the Flames? Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, making a, uh, making a point whether you watch some live or, you know, PBR, and uh, I, I just... It's uh, and to have you know a sense of normalcy, particularly in the Canadian-based arenas with fans there, because that hasn't happened for a couple of years. So to see yeah. you know us in Canada get that home ice advantage, uh, well, or hopefully advantage, but just that home ice factor. So 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 it's been great. So I, I've watched a lot of the hockey, and certainly, well, I mean, geez, the Oilers series to to win like they did on Friday. Uh, I, I thought they had the Kings down on the rope, and the Kings fought back. And the the Calgary Dallas series right now to be is. Uh, the biggest surprise, uh, this one that just got tied up by Florida, maybe he's up there if Washington were to take, were to take a 3-1 lead. But I've, been, I've loved watching watching the hockey. Yeah, uh, the, the I agree. The Flames series surprises me. I, I thought they might handle that. I, Kelly Rudy was on my show earlier. He still thinks Calgary has it under control and is going to pull it out. But it's, it's a pivotal, pivotal game tonight. A lot of scoring, too. And, I mean, there's usually an overtime game a night when there's four games every night. This is only the third one going to overtime. Like, is it just the power plays? Is it the higher caliber offense that we've seen more games decided by three or four goals here? And you mentioned the Oilers had the two blowout wins. Yeah, you know, Reed, I'm trying to think how many years it was. Like, uh, Coley Campbell was on uh, on with me about two weeks ago, and I, you know, one of the things I brought up about you know, people, uh, the, the perception, uh, how things are called differently in the playoffs. And, you know, he quickly jumped on board that, no, no, actually the last, whatever, whatever it's been four or five years, uh, they, they have called penalties at the same rate, uh, you know, if not, if not even higher in the playoffs. And, you know, sure, sure enough. I mean, you can't take, you can't provide the team seven, eight, nine power play opportunities and win a playoff game. You know, you can't because also the other part is it just takes out your best players. Your best players just don't get going. They don't get going. The rhythm is all gone. The penalty killers are on there too much. And that's certainly been a way in the Toronto-Tampa Bay series uh, twice for the Maple Leafs. I mean, last night, a lot of the penalties were late in the game. It was kind of a foregone conclusion. But, you know, I know one other game, Austin Matthews, Barry, it took him a while to get going because he hardly got out there when you're seven of your first ten minutes, you're killing off a penalty. Uh, like it was in, in game number one. And I'm seeing that in a lot of series. Like you're seeing seven, eight, nine. You know, Rod Brindamore, he was upset about a goal challenge that didn't work. But then he said later, we can't take, take that many penalties. So I, I think uh, uh, I think you're, I think that may be the biggest part because you're right. Usually, generally, there's a lot more playoffs. And I know we have one 
now tonight, as you mentioned. But yeah, uh, it's kind of it kind of becomes the bane of your existence when you're watching a bunch of playoff games and when it's late <laughs> at night. Is oh my God, you know, like the Rangers Penguins if they're going to keep having triple overtimes, uh, but uh, uh, trade double and triple overtimes. But yeah, it's certainly been down. Yeah, all right, and uh, they're just showing this hit uh, Oshi on. Uh, that was Bennett, right? Yeah, Bennett. Yeah, that so was right. Well, and, and, and then Washington and, scored. Yeah. yeah. What's going to happen here? Do you think? Goal. Well, it's um, well. Imagine the magnitude of it if, uh, like, it becomes the goal that Washington wins the series on, and they still could do that, win this game tonight. Doesn't mean they win the series, but take what you think is a a three-one lead that they won't roll. So, so that I mean, the one part about it was. It, it, it in the case of uh, Bennett, he kind of bobbled the puck a bit. There was a, you know, it wasn't like Oshie was skating down targeting him. It was kind of like he he bobbled the puck, did have his head down as he bobbled the puck, uh, but so it wasn't the predatorial kind of hit in that manner. But it comes down to the principal point of contact and how they read that. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's one that it's one that's um, going to be looked at. But it but it's like like I said, it's not one I look at and say, oh my god, what a horrible horrific Rafi Torres type dirty play. I, I use Torres as an example just because of uh, the play, the hit that got missed that he did all those years ago. Yeah. All right. Gort, thanks for doing this. I know it's obviously later out there for you in Toronto. Uh, and I, I know you work throughout the day, so I do appreciate you hopping on. I always love our chats. That's a compelling series. Of course, we got one going on here. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. I really appreciate it. Sounds good, Reed. You take care. That is Gort Stelic checking in from Leafs Lunch and uh, Leafs Hockey on Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. They like the Oilers in a 2-2 tie in their series. Uh, Flames and Stars are underway, uh, just getting underway. Avalanche and Predators just getting underway. And Panthers and Capitals going to overtime, tied 2-2. We'll call a quick timeout. It's Inside Sports on Chet. After the first period, Oil Kings and Rebels tied 1-1. That's game three of that series. Oil Kings leading it two games to nothing. Panthers and Capitals are about to start overtime. Uh, 780-496-0063. What do you have for me, Kellen? We got text messages for you talking about uh, your discussion earlier about the officiating and all of the great ideas you had here. Uh, we got one from Ricky talking about uh, basically saying that he agrees with you, Reed. The, uh, for example, the Lucic play where he clipped the Stars goalie's leg. That was just outside the crease. Coach Bonus challenged but lost. The goal was deemed to be good. The refs should have explained the call better, especially being in Dallas instead of just saying there was no goalie interference. Explain why that the contact was outside the crease. And that's from Ricky. Okay, fair enough. We got, uh, I love the idea. Please push this forward to the NHL from Frazier. I think that was in regards to all of the ideas that you had earlier, looking at the yeah. time code here. Well, yeah, yeah the, the NHL is eager to get ideas from me, I can tell you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Fraser, not to disappoint you, uh, 
They ain't too worried about old Wilkie. There we go. Exactly. The, the way you say <laughs> controversial. Send that to Tim Peel. Yeah, right on. Exactly. Uh, the way you say controversial is controversial, LOL, from Cameron. Do I say it incorrectly? Controversial? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds normal to me, but there we go. So, exactly. And here's, this one's kind of a little outside the box, but I'll include it anyway here. Uh, this one's from Brian. In relation to last night's game, can you clarify what weather the storm means? More specifically, if you know the storm is coming, how do you prepare or counteract this? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Or is this mainly a figure of speech? Yeah, there was not an actual storm inside the arena. No, uh, unless you go to Carolina and play the Hurricanes, then they are. Yes, the team is a storm, storm. so there we go. Well, I was not expecting a message along those lines. But whether the storm is a figure of speech, for sure. Does he mean, what does it mean in hockey terms? I, I would assume so, yes. I don't know. Means, <laughs> it means, to me, it means when you are getting outplayed, you have to be able to uh, limit the damage done against you and then turn the tables on the other team. That's what it means to me. There we go. I'm no linguist. We're all caught up, Reed. Oh, that was an, uh, those are a couple unexpected messages. Those were very controversial. See, I don't see any issue with how you say it. That's how you say it. It's... Well, I don't know. I could have I could have stumbled on it or I I don't know. I don't have perfect pronunciation. But what are you going to do? I guess that's, that's that was a funny one. Yeah. Well, that's all I could tell you. Yeah, I just think the NHL has all these tools at its disposal to communicate with fans and I don't know if it does it well enough when it comes to clarifying calls made by officials and i think there's a way to do it in a productive way that doesn't embarrass the officials or make it look like the nhl is calling them out why not clarify things to fans and i and i think that one texture had it right that when i don't expect the referee on the ice to give a long detailed explanation they got to get back to the game but then sometimes the nhl puts out a a little blurb on its pr account and for example it'll say uh, here's an explanation of why the Calgary goal stood at 1721 of the first period. Dallas challenged for goalie interference and the league decided goaltender interference had not occurred. Well, that's it's not an explanation. That's just repeating the decision. I, sometimes they might explain it. They, there was an explanation last night about the play with Grundstrom sliding into Smith. I just think as a whole, they could communicate better. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer from noon to 2 tomorrow. G. Roy Simon, assistant general manager of the Edmonton Elks. He's going to be on the morning show at 10 after 8. Face-off show at 6 tomorrow. Game at 8. Game 5, Oilers and Kings. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, of course, is your studio producer. My name's Reed. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.